Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh Dear respected listeners of Radio Islam International Alhamdulillah We will be discussing our final segment on the country of Iran We have been having our discussion through our Muslim communities uh, Discussions and segments over the last month or two And alhamdulillah today is the culmination Before we however get to that uh, We are at the Sunnah Sports Retreat in Newcastle and alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we have a full house of close to 40 participants. We have our international guest, Brother Alper and Alkan, who is also here to uh, give us the horseback archery clinics, uh, one of the very first from in South Africa by uh, our brothers from Turkey. <clears throat> and alhamdulillah, the people are all excited. The rain is a little bit of a dampen at the moment, and I know it is also in parts of Johannesburg as well. But alhamdulillah, we are going to make the best of it. Tomorrow the weather looks a lot more promising. And bi'idhnillah, we'll be able to continue. So coming back to our discussion on the country of Iran. Last week we ended off with travel in the country, which was really exciting for myself to discuss some of the different Islamic historical sites which are found within Iran. And uh, we spoke about the city, the very famous city of Isfahan, and we spoke about some of the other uh, interesting towns that one will visit from Tehran to Isfahan, the towns of Qum and the towns of Kashan as well. So today, inshallah, we'll be focusing on the city of Shiraz. And the city of Shiraz has always been extolled by historians and travelers for its beauty and its charm. And for travelers who were passing through the surrounding deserts and then reaching a city through which five rivers flow, leading to an abundance of greenery in its surrounds, it was described as a mini-paradise. One can just imagine the, the, the enjoyment and the happiness of the travelers to see this lush place after seeing deserts for days on end. The, even the renowned uh, 14th century traveler, Ibn Battuta, he said regarding the city that there is no city in the east that can compare with Damascus in terms of its beauty, of its souks, of its gardens, rivers, and even the handsome features of its inhabitants, except Shiraz. So we understand that Shiraz was indeed a very beautiful city, as uh, is Damascus. May Allah tell make it easy for our brothers and sisters in uh, Syria and in Turkey as well. One of the main features of the city of Shiraz has been described by Ibn Battuta was its Jamia Masjid. And since the ancient uh, Jamia Atiq Masjid of Shiraz, it is actually one of the oldest mosques in Iran and is a relic of the days of the Safarid rule. The Safaris, if you remember, we spoke about them. They were Sunnis from the Sistan region, uh, which is found in the present-day Iran and Afghanistan as well. And the ruler, the ruler whose name was Amr bin Al-Lais, he began the construction of the Jamia Masjid in the year 875. And ever since, it has captured the eye of many a traveler throughout its long history. It, the Masjid was the first religious center in the city, and thus had a very important social and political role. Um, the masjid is really a beautiful uh, sight to behold, and anybody going there really will, will, it's something to, to, to visit. Um, Ibn Battuta mentions when he was a, when he visited the, the masjid every day uh, between Maghrib and Aisha, the elders of the city would gather and they would discuss issues and how to solve them. He mentioned as well that the people possessed great taqwa and especially the women at the time who were dressed very modestly and they would give alms and sadaqah very freely. 
And um, every Monday, Thursday, and Friday, about 2,000 of them gather to listen to the talks of Dean in the female section of the masjid. And he says he hasn't seen a gathering of women like this anywhere else. Another place to visit in the city of Shiraz is the grave of the very famous poet Sa'di. Sa'di. So Sheikh Sa'di, um, as he's known, he was born in the year 1210. And uh, in his early days, he faced adversity and poverty, which forced him to leave for Baghdad to pursue a better education. And thereafter, he spent almost 30 years wandering around the Muslim world, where he met numerous people um, fleeing the Mongol invasion at the time. And uh, when he was in Palestine, he was captured by the Crusaders and forced into slavery. And he spent many years digging trenches outside his fortress after eventually being uh, ransomed by the Mamluks who set him free thereafter. Two of his most famous works are Bustan and Gulistan and uh, both of them are really have exceptional poems. All Obviously it's in the Farsi language and people who speak Farsi, uh, this is regarded as one of the main uh, books of poetry ever written in the history of the language. Um, his mausoleum is, re- is located inside a garden where there are beautiful flowers and several other trees. And uh, Ibn Battuta, when he visited in the year 14th century, at least 100 and almost 200 years later, after the demise of, of Saadi, he even visited the grave as well. The Wakil Bazaar is also another beautiful uh, structure, also very beautiful to visit, and uh, uh, something else also to be found in the city of Shiraz. A tomb of another famous poet by the name of Hafiz, who's known as Hafiz, also a very uh, 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 well, a great place to visit. And uh, the city overall today, uh, I think it doesn't have much of its former glory, and it isn't as anywhere as beautiful as, as it was in the past, but it still is a pretty city to visit today. In the Far East, there's another city called Zahidan, and the Grand Makki Masjid of Zahidan is located in the center of Zahidan. And it is the, Zahidan is the capital of the Sistan and Baluchistan provinces. And these easternmost provinces of Iran, which borders Pakistan and Afghanistan, is the Sunni stronghold in Iran. So the people, the, the Baluch people who are Iranian are all Sunni of Sunni. Uh, they all follow Sunni Islam. And the foundation of this relatively recent masjid, the Makki Masjid, was only in 1971. And it became the turning point in the, li- in the lives of the people of this region as it became the primary learning center for Sunnis in Iran. As the numbers of the congregants grew, so did the need arise for the expansion of the masjid. And the old structure was demolished in 2010 to make way for a huge new construction. And this was recently completed. It's 50,000 square meters in size and can accommodate thousands of worshippers. And the masjid is flanked by the largest Sunni seminary in Iran, known as Dar Ulum Zahidan. In this area, there's also a, a, a very ancient excavation site, historical site from ancient Persia. It's called Shahri Sukhte, and it's many thousands of years old, and it's really something to visit for those who are ancient history enthusiasts. Further north on the eastern... Uh, it's known for its saffron and its old carpet bazaar. It, it is the home of the uh, holy shrine for the Shias. According to them, the fourth imam was Imam Riza, and this is the main attraction for the Shia in the city. It's the holiest site in the country for them, and many of them actually make pilgrimage to the city, particularly to visit the site. 
not far from Mashhad is the town of Naysabur. And assalamu alaikum once again, dear listeners. Unfortunately, we are very high up in the mountains without very great connection. But inshallah, we'll be able to continue to the end of the program for today. So we were discussing the city of Mashhad. And we said that the uh, famous, uh, it's very famous for its saffron and for its carpet, bazaars. But it is the site of pilgrimage for the Shia, where they have, according to them, their fourth Imam, Imam Riza, who is buried there. And this is possibly the holiest, holiest site for them uh, in Iran. So this is Mashhad. 115 kilometers from there is the town of Nisabur or Nisa, Nishapur. And this is the city which we discussed where some of the most, the foremost Muslim thinkers and academics of the Middle Ages hailed from. We mentioned that the scholar of Hadith, Imam Muslim, was born there and stayed throughout his life there. Imam Bukhari, spent part of his life there, as did so many other scholars. And uh, Nisabur's favorite son, however, and his primary claim to fame is the mathematician and poet Umar Khayyam. And the tomb of Umar Khayyam is located on the perimeter of the old city, uh, and it's and it takes about so as I was mentioning was Umar Khayyam was possibly the greatest mathematician that the Muslim world has ever known. And he was born to a family of tent makers. That's why he was gave his name Al-Khayyam, which means the tent maker. And he was born in the year 1048. And he spent almost all of his life in and around Nesapur, which is an, an incredibly important center of learning during, the, during that period. And it was also a major base from which Islam spread into Afghanistan and into Central Asia. including, mathem including ma uh, mathematics and philosophy, astronomy, physics, and poetry. But it was in, mathem in mathematics that he made his greatest mark on the Muslim world. And he, amongst his contributions were his studies in solving geometric and algebraic uh, equations, as well as many other astronom astronomical observations. So he was such a famous person and uh, known for his uh, mathematical uh, ability that he was invited to the capital Isfahan by Sultan Malik Shah, where he produced a new calendar called the Jalali calendar, which was adopted in the year 1075. But despite being a, a master of mathematics, he's actually better known for his poetry. And he wrote about a thousand four-line verses of poetry, which was translated into English and is known as the Rubaiyat of Umar Khayyam. And uh, his grave lies just outside the city of Nesabur, um, which was actually spared the desecration during the Mongol invasion. Another site not far off in the city of Tus, which is about 40 kilometers northwest of Mashhad, is the tomb of, known of, as the Haruniyah. And it is the grave of Harun al-Rashid, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi. So this tomb is the burial site of him. And his rule, as we know, lasted for over three decades and will always be remembered for, by the Muslims for his world dominance in terms of culture, education, and economics at the time. 
And uh, in the year 808, when, while he was on his way to personally deal with a serious two-year-old two revolt in the Khurasan region, he fell ill at Tus and he passed away there several months later. He is not the only famous personality to be buried in Tus. Imam Abu Hamid Abu, uh, Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, alay, who, who was born around the same period in 1058, uh, he, in the town of Tus, he passed away in the year 1111 and is also buried in Tus. And as we know, he was one of the most prominent and influential philosophers and the ulama of the time. Um, moving very quickly forward, because I see the connection isn't very great, um, there are also quite a few other wonderful places to visit. There is the town of Yazd, which is in the middle of the desert. It's a, it's a really a, a, a very unique town. Um, it has a beautiful uh, masjid, a very, uh, a very beautiful Jamia masjid, is one of the oldest cities on earth, and uh, its most salient feature is the Jamia Masjid, which was built in the 12th century. On the way there, one will, uh, around Yazd, you also, uh, people can visit Pasargade, which is the tomb of the great Persian King Cyrus in ancient uh, Persian history. There's also a 4,000-year-old tree people visit. There is the icebox, which is really beautiful and really amazing in Abarku where they have this huge uh, mud structure which was made people in the summer months would, would uh, channel water into it and thereafter uh, in, the, in the winter months it would freeze and after it freezes they would take it out again in the next summer and they would have ice blocks to be uh, used in the middle of summer at the time way thousands of years or at least hundreds of years before refrigerators were actually invented. The town of Yazd itself, besides the masjid, has many wind towers. It has the Towers of Silence where people, uh, according to the Persian belief, people were laid out on these towers after they died and birds would eat their bodies. So these are some of the other things which Yazd has to offer. And to end off today, uh, the last item, which is really maybe the strangest place uh, which was veiled in secrecy, secrecy for hundreds of years, is the, a castle called the Alamut Castle. And of the many splinter cults that have sprouted from Islam over the centuries, perhaps none are as terrible or as fascinating as that of the Hashashin. Sometime in the The assassins, as I was mentioning, the order of the Hashashin is believed to have been born sometime in the 8th century after the Abbasid rise to power and essentially an anti-Abbasid organization which was devoted to removing the Khalif from power. So the early Hashashin were probably little more than militants who opposed the religious and secular authorities in Baghdad, but this was the hideout where none could access for hundreds of years until the Mongols had finally visit in the country of Iran. I do apologize for the uh, intermittent connections. As I mentioned, we're relying on a, somebody's Wi-Fi very high up in the mountains. Inshallah ta'ala, we hope that uh, the message would have got across. If not, we will have to mention some of these some other time in the future, inshallah. Jazakallah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.